This episode is sponsored by Nuayo, a line of super hydrating coffee scrubs that will leave your skin soft and nourished and ready for the summer season. Our listeners can take advantage of a special offer of 15% off your purchase by visiting the website nuayopo.com. That's N-O-Y-A-U-P-E-A-U.com. At entering I-A-T at the checkout, you'll get that discount. It's about time, a podcast dedicated to uplifting and connecting people and sharing in the common human experience. Thanks for listening to today's episode of It's About Time. I'm really excited for today because I get to chat with Roselle Gonzalez and do a deeper dive into self-help, self-care, health, wellness, and really being your best self for yourself and for others around you, even if that means taking a risk and saying goodbye to a job and starting something that you love. Take a listen for yourself and let me know what you think. I really felt the benefit of uh, understanding, you know, self-care to be able to help other people. Like you can't, you can't help other people if you're completely depleted. I am Zita Maharajan. You are tuning in to another high-powered episode of It's About Time. I say high-powered because the woman sitting in front of me is one of those types of people that from the moment I met her, I knew she was no nonsense and she was a go-getter. But before I give you more of my feeling about her, I would like to read her quick bio and then you'll let me know if I've missed anything. Bio for Roselle Gonzalez. A passionate yoga teacher, speaker, and entrepreneur, Roselle has close to 20 years of experience in the fitness industry, as well as a bachelor's degree in marketing and MBA in business development from McGill University. Following her son's battle with cancer in 2010, Roselle left a successful corporate career in finance to follow her dream and open the Energy Encore Wellness Center. The center is an expression of gratitude for her son's remission and a platform to promote proactive, balanced, and healthy living. Roselle pours her heart and soul into uplifting others, teaching others to live in the present moment and to take this philosophy of yoga off the mat, but into the world. So welcome. Thank you. So Roselle, reading your bio just now, had, am I on to something? Is this you to a T? <laughs> I guess, yes. That's me. That's me. That's, um, I made a decision a little while ago to um, not waste one moment of my life and I realize that life is short so that every single day should be spent doing the things that we love. Right. And so today, on today's episode, my, my key takeaways or my wishes that I'll put out there, my intentions, I should say, <laughs> in a very yoga sense, is that people that are listening really hear what struggle can look like and how you can, instead of taking it and making it take you down, mm -hmm. you can really take that and repurpose it and bring it into something, that fire inside of you ignites something really positive. And so we'll jump directly into it. It's in your bio as mm -hmm. well. So I hope it's not too much of a, no. of a touch or tough or touchy subject. Your, your eldest son mm -hmm. was diagnosed with cancer in 2010. Yes. Talk to me about that. Like, how do you react as a mom? Well, with fear, with uh, worry, with distress. Um, but it was a life-changing event, you know. Before that happened, uh, my husband and I were both in the corporate world in what you would call the rat race. Mm -hmm. We had two kids and every single day was just about, okay, well, you're going to get the kids after and who's going to bring them to this activity and, and who's going to cook and what are we going to do? And everything was like huffing and puffing all the time and just racing with time mm -hmm. to get things done. And uh, I would say that the things that were so important to me 
before my son got sick really just fell off the plate you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. um when something like this happens it helps you to really understand what the priorities are in your life you refocus you and allows you to refocus so i remember the day that my son uh was diagnosed my job was so important to me that I had gone into the office at you know six o'clock in the morning and I put post notes on my on my boss's monitor to say like don't worry I will have that report for you by the end of the day and I did this even though my son was you know uh, in pain and had a very rough night could had major headaches um, it was still very important for me to go to, to work before I brought him to the hospital to make sure I had that touch point. And um, that day he was diagnosed and it was the start of like a, an entire year long journey. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go back to work for, you know, I think eight or nine months after that. I want to stop right there because a lot of people listening are like, one, I may not have the financial ability to not go back. Mm -hmm. Or two, I may not have a job that will allow for me mm -hmm. that opportunity. Absolutely. Did your job provide that or yeah. did you take it? No, I was... My husband and I were very fortunate. I worked for, you know, a very big pharmaceutical company that had uh, benefits. So we were very lucky. We mm -hmm. were very lucky that we were we were covered during that time. Right. I mean, um, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I was in no sh shape or form to, to go back to work. Right. And there was this sort of anxiety in me because, you know, when this happened, I, I was thinking, well, my son is sick but I'm not sick. Mm -hmm. And I remember just going to see our, our GP and saying, man, just diagnose me with whatever the hell you want to diagnose me with. But like, I can't go back to work because I have to take care of my son. And right. in my mind, it was, I have to take care of my son, but not realizing that I was going down myself mm -hmm. because of all of the stress and all of the anxiety and, and no sleep and, and honestly, no sleeping, no eating just because of you're on a, you're just going on. You're just going just because of worry. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were very lucky because, um, they, they diagnosed us with acute adjustment disorder whatever it was it's just so that you know we were under so much stress that so you basically got that note that, that we got that submit. note okay. that we could submit so that we were able to have a disability uh while we were off taking care of our son we were very lucky because at the hospital yeah we saw the single mother with three kids right. works at a restaurant uh loses her job and uh you know needs to dip into the funds that they have at the hospital the, the ronald mcdonald funds all of these different um support systems that are at the children's hospital right to support the mother or you know the person who is in need uh, things that you know I didn't even know about before mm -hmm. this happened but my husband and I were very fortunate and so you know that's what your wake-up call was because mm -hmm. I feel that everybody has their own moment it can mm -hmm. be significant like this or it could just be I don't want to get up and take the metro anymore it can mm -hmm. really just be that so this is a huge life event absolutely and I'm very happy to say that your son is well yes and you know, walk me through this process of I now want to go more and work and help mm -hmm. opposed to he's well, I'm OK. Let's yeah. go back to our quote unquote regular routine. Mm -hmm. So I guess the story would have to begin with the fact that I've been in the fitness industry as a part time passion uh, since I was in university. OK. Um, I started teaching classes in university just as a way to I'm always someone who wants to be as efficient as possible and I, when I was in university I didn't have time to 
stay fit to work and to study at the same time. So back then, becoming an aerobics instructor made sense, made sense right. because, wow, they're actually going to pay me to do what I love. Like that was an, an amazing concept to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. And um, even when I had, uh, you know, went to university, finished university, started working full time, even had kids, teaching classes was my, my happy place. Mm -hmm. It was my happy place. I loved getting out there. And I found that, you know, when you're the teacher in front of so many people, you have to give 150%. Right. Well, I'm probably the worst participant because I'm like chatting with my friends in the back and I'm like, you know, like not listening and, and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't participating to the fullest. When you're in front of everybody, you are the motivator and you get so Everything much more. Everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah. So I like that and it made me committed because I'm not going to not show up for my class. Whereas if you're a participant, you're like, oh, I'm tired today. Right. I'm absolutely. Just, Story uh, of my life. Right. My, right exactly. Right. right. So when you're the teacher, you're committed. And I've been committed like that for 20 years. I've been teaching for such a long time. Um, when my son got sick, I was on disability, disability for work. But I realized that the only thing that I wanted to do to get out of the, you know, hospital setting was to go back and to teach my classes. Okay. So that was your aha. Well, my aha, I was afraid to do it. I was afraid to do it because I was afraid of what people would think. They would say that, how is it that she is not showing up at her full-time job, but she's teaching Zumba, right? And she's teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that even possible? So I remember going to visit my doctor and I said, you know, I'm so nervous. I, I, I'm scared of what the insurance companies are going to say. I'm scared of what, you know, I, I worked in the same neighborhood that I lived in. So I was worried that people would see me running or they would see me, you know. Living um, your life. Yeah, like going out for a jog or or t getting in my car and, and teaching my classes. And I was afraid of what everybody would think about me. Right. And um, my doctor said to me, Roselle, you know, if any insurance company has a problem with you exercising to relieve your stress, they're gonna speak to me. Mm. She said, don't worry about it. You know, the endorphins, like you need something to help you to get through with the, the stress and the anxiety that you're going through because your son is sick. Right. And when she said that to me, I said, okay, then, you know, good. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I went back, to, I had, on, I had been on a hiatus. I had, you know, written all of my, my students and I told them that I didn't know when I was going to come back. And I was worried again at the time to think that, Wow, all the students that have been with me for so many years, for like 10 years, I wonder if they're going to come back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I wrote this mass email and I said, you know, it's been uh, whatever, it's been a month or two, but I'm ready to come back. I'm there if you guys want to show up. And the day that I showed up, like, oh my God, like I everybody in your face. Yeah. Everybody came back and I was like, oh my God, like this is what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. This is what makes me happy. It makes me happy to move. It makes my, my, you know, my brain feel better. It makes my body feel better. And I realized the importance way beyond um, just, just the physical part, how important it was for my like mental health. Right. So sometimes I wish that there are cameras in here so you can actually see like the emotion and what the person is emoting because like the, no, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm saying that because I feel that and I yeah. feel teary eyed, but this is such a true story. Yeah. This is your truth. Mm -hmm. And there's something about one being vulnerable yeah. in 
in saying honestly, I don't know how people are going to react. Yeah. Because there's also she's we're, giving me we're getting Kleenex out. Um, there's also this yeah. piece where you're in the hospital, and yeah. how are the other quote unquote moms going to react to this woman who's say? leaving to yeah. go run for an hour? Mm-hmm. And how could she dare leave her kid? And yeah. there's these these things. But a lot of the times, I realize just that honest moment of saying yeah. it, you're telling the other mom it's okay to go for yeah. a walk for five minutes because you're you can still reconnect yeah. with yourself in these types of time frames because mm-hmm. that's when you have to tap into you yeah. the most i learned so much in that moment and it's this it's the same messages that i tell you know the mother that feels guilty to come to this studio to take one hour out of For her herself week. Yeah. and maybe you know they, they don't know my story enough to understand that hey like i really understand i really because that those two hours a week that i was giving to myself i was able to come back and have more strength Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to feel more focused and not feel so, um, uh, you know, stuck, so helpless. You know, I was able to to give back to other people and, you know, see myself more of just that one rule of mm-hmm. like the caregiver, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so important to. As a young mother, yeah. I'm going to say young because, you know, you told me today how old you were and I flipped out. <laughs> I did. I flipped out, which is a great sign. And yeah. homegirl turns to me, she goes, well, it's yoga and Zumba. So I said, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> testament, okay? You'll see a photo of her very soon. Oh, Lord. Um, but I bring this up because you really have tapped into your space. Yeah. And I feel sometimes just having somebody be honest mm-hmm. allows for somebody else the chance to try or just be themselves. Yeah. And my first encounter of you was this whirlwind. So <laughs> I walk into the yoga studio and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to try this. Like it's 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 a new studio. I've never been here. And there's a fear when you're walking into something new, right? There's mm-hmm. this fear of how are these women going to be or men or whomever's at this at this space? Are they going to be welcoming? Is it going to be cool? How is it going to be? That's like that running thing in the back of your mind. And what other what other other preconceived notions or fears you have of self before mm-hmm. you enter that space yeah and i walked in and you're like listen sign in after go to the class and i was like <laughs> okay okay she you you didn't care you didn't care if i was two minutes late or five minutes early you were like get in there check it out and then we'll talk after your experience mm-hmm. i don't need to tell you about prices yada 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 you probably checked the site but you're here for a reason and if mm-hmm. i boggle you down with so much stuff you're not going to care mm-hmm. so i found that to be interesting and the second thing that I found was interesting is that you're a no-nonsense person. <laughs> and I say interesting because usually when you think of yoga studios, oh, yeah. everybody oh, gets okay. very zen and everybody <laughs> gets very quiet. But you know what you've showed me? You have showed me quickness and wit in entrepreneurship that match with who you are as a person and the type of studio that you run. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean you can't be Zen and it doesn't mean that you can't be centered and focused, but that means you're always looking for an opportunity to expand your community. Mm-hmm. You're always welcoming people and you're mm-hmm. not just like super laissez-faire. I mean, we've all gone to studios before where it's so Zen, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're there or not. Like yeah. you can't speak, you can't connect with anybody, but yeah. you look at your clients in their eye, you say hello to them, you connect with people. And that is a very long compliment, but it's a necessary one because you need to recognize, too, that that's what helps grow your business. Well, for sure. And I would say that I was I'm a very grounded yogi. (laughs) I'm a very grounded yogi. Um, And it, you know, there's so many there's so many people. And this is just to speak to, like, the business aspect of things. Um, There's so many people that think that because they're a good teacher 
you know, they're a good teacher, that they're going to be able to open up their own business and, and run a studio. Just like the person who's a, a great hairdresser is going to say, I'm going to open up my own salon or just or right. a, a great dentist is going to open up a dental office. You have to have a business acumen or some form of ability, right? And, and let me tell you, uh, opening up a business, moving from the corporate world, which is a very protected world to becoming an entrepreneur and starting your own business. I mean, I have an MBA in business development and my husband has a, you know, a business degree as well. And it's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. So we put our brains together and we work really hard to make it work, but there's a lot of uh, effort that's put behind there. And we're, I think our studio is doing well, but we are not run like most studios. So I want to go a step back. Mm. So you go back to teaching after a little oh, hiatus. Sorry, yeah. No, no, it's interesting because yeah. I really want to understand yes. what that point was. Mm. You taught and you had this beautiful feeling wave over you and you're like, I have to do this more. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's the feeling. And well, then what? Well, I guess the feeling was that this is the kind of feedback that I want. Um, when you work in the corporate environment, it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, you have to cut the budget by this much. And, you know, these are all the deliverables. And uh, you're very far from the, I know, like I worked in a pharmaceutical uh, company and I know that we're helping people, but it's very, there's a lot of things in the way for you to see the actual benefit of what you're doing. Right. You help people. But in this environment, like I can see you, I can feel you I can see I can the see the progress yeah. I yeah. can see the person who was down and out and I can see this person walking and being happy and so I, I like that real connection with people and then um, like I mentioned uh, I really felt the benefit of uh, understanding you know self-care to be able to help other people like you can't you can't help other people if you're completely depleted mm-hmm uh, you know, you can't pour out of an empty cup. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a, a really, really big lesson for me. And then the same thing, the other thing was that I wanted, because I realized, you know, my, my son was sick and he fortunately got better. But, you know, we were, we we saw people who didn't make it. Mm -hmm. we, we realized that life is too short to be unhappy. Right. So I didn't want my children to see a mother who was doing something that she didn't really like to do. Right. I didn't want to wake up in the morning and just, you know, drag my feet and go to work. Go and then the motions. Because I didn't want them to see that role model. I wanted them to realize that, you know, that you can, you can, you don't have to fit into the box, right? Just because you went to, you know, to school and just because my husband and I went to business school doesn't mean that we have to like work in a company and, and, you know, follow the same path as the majority of people. It's like kind of pre-cut for you. Exactly. Right. Um, I wanted to let them know that they could be creative, that they could, you know, you can take risks, but they have to be calculated risks. I wanted them to find a way to use whatever. I wanted them to see that you can find a way to use the talents that you're given. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a talent um, and find a way to make it work for, for you. So I did that because I didn't want my kids to see me in an unhappy role. So you took you took that leap. So you, tell me this conversation. You sit <laughs> with your husband at the table or you guys are in bed and you're like, yeah. you turned and you're like, I can't keep going like this. Yeah. No, I mean, we, I believe in, I don't know if you believe in this, but I believe in manifesting your destiny. A million percent. I believe in manifesting your destiny. And I believe that if you think 
you know, if you have clear in your mind what you really want to do somehow, the stars will, will align and there will be opportunities out there. But you have to be very aware of the opportunities coming. Right. So you have to have a very clear focus, but your eyes have to be wide open. Exactly. And so if people are looking for like those jewels and those gems that we're dropping, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest ones. So manifesting your reality exactly. is really key and it's possible because mm-hmm. you've, it's happened. Exactly. So I knew that one day I wanted to open up a wellness center, but I was working a corporate job. So it's not like it came out of nowhere. So from years ago, I, I was more of a, a fitness teacher working in a gym environment. And I said like this, I have this more of a, a spiritual passion, a kind of mm-hmm. a connection to, to yoga that I want to sort of, I want people to understand the philosophy. So I started doing all this training. I started doing traditional trainings for, for yoga. Um, I started um, doing a lot of volunteer work for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society using yoga and doing that and creating all of these connections with teachers, right? Um, And then I basically said, I can't leave my corporate job. The only way that I'm going to leave this corporate job is if somehow, and I I said it to the universe, I'm like, I'm only going to leave with a golden handshake. That's what I said. Okay. I said, I'm only going to leave because it doesn't make sense for me to leave a job that I had worked in. secure. Secure, that I had, you know, 10, 11 years at the time at the same company. And um, one day the stars aligned. I, I decided to have another kid. So my third kid, I was on, a, on the last maternity leave and I went back to the meeting before I was supposed to go back the next month and they did a restructure. They did a restructure and um, basically my job description had changed. My job was still there, but they restructured in a way that if I didn't like that position that was being offered to me, mm-hmm. that I had the opportunity to take a package. So when there it was, it there came it was, to you. and I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I remember my boss telling me this, and I'm just like, I'm smiling. You know, where most people are like crying, right, right. And I was smiling, and I got out of the 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 building, and I'm in the parking lot, and I'm calling my husband, I'm like, you're not gonna believe what just happened. I'm like, this is it. This is it. Like, when else am I going to get that opportunity to try what I really wanted to do? And and at this point, you know, when you go when you go through like the trauma and and the you know the experience we had with my son, what happens is that you become very brave after. Mm-hmm. You become like everything is is relative, right? When you've been down and then you come, you've you been to climb back up. You like, you climb wow. back up. You're like, well, this is no longer a life and death situation. Like, are you serious? Like. The worst thing is I have to get a job. Like, that's a joke, right? Perspective is amazing. Perspective is amazing. So we decided that, uh, you know, we're going to go for it. So we, he was going to leave his job as well? No. So I, it was all calculated. I mean, because I'm to- saying to myself, self, now you're on child number three and you have probably a, whole, a home and a mortgage. And these are all the things that everybody listening says, I cannot exactly. give up this, this security to mm-hmm. be able to start something that, you know, I love doing as my passion or as my yeah. side gig or whatever. Like a lot of people look at Sebastian and I, and they think, oh my God, you guys are crazy. You, you're so brave. How did you do it? How-? But you know what? It's rel- fear is a relative thing. Mm-hmm. Fear is a relative thing. You know, when, when we were, we were just so happy to be able to come home. We spent an entire year of living in the hospital, never right. being all together. And all of a sudden we're home. And my, my drive to do something, you know, that I really wanted to do and to not waste a moment was so strong that for me, it was like, 
I can leave that secure job. It's okay. But my husband had his job. We knew that we could. You needed to base it accordingly. We knew that we, you know, we could survive. Uh, we took, you know, the money that I had from my severance package and I invested, a, you know, a good half of it into the business. But we, we were able, you know, like we were able to, to do it, you know, the stars kind of like with the stars aligned. And you know? it's crazy. People think it's hard. And I think the hardest part is saying you will do it mm -hmm. because once you put yourself to start doing it, mm -hmm. you realize people come into your life, oh, opportunities yeah. continue to come together, supporters really support, and you just learn. People just say, come, let me help. And there are people that will not help. And mm -hmm. that's the better lesson at, at, at that time, too. Well, we're not going to go to X person. We're going to go to Y person. And hey, let's keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And I feel sometimes the outside, because you spoke before about perspective and how people yeah. are looking, the outside things this is such a cute and oh, fun yeah. and easy thing and first of all i don't think i like the word cute i'm gonna stop using <laughs> it I, I i just think it's so demeaning yeah. when we use it like this oh isn't that cute they're starting a business yeah. no how about isn't it brave or isn't it scary oh. or isn't it commendable yeah and, and and when i say i don't want to make people think that oh yeah the stars align but like trust me there were so many places where you know i, I faced hardship you know my husband was working full-time and there was me and despite the fact that you know i had all of this education and i was working in finance i had never opened up a business by myself and uh we did it on the cheap right all of a sudden i'm managing contractors right people who don't necessarily respect women. Right. Right. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Uh, landlords who don't respect women. Trust me, don't. Um, you know, thinking that I'm a little girl and that I, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to get her, you know, we're going to get her to pay this and she, she won't fight. She won't negotiate. She won't negotiate, you know. And uh, I had to do a lot of that, like proving myself and fighting for my rights. And, you know, it, trust me, it was not easy. And now I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Mm -hmm. How the hell did I do that? Because now, you know, if the story continues that a year later, my husband uh, left his job because he was unhappy at his job and he could see the passion that I had. And we said, you know what? Let's go full force like a family. Let's do it together. Okay. You know? And so that's, that's how it happened. And that's how it happened. And, you know, like it's been five years now, but the first year we had, he had, he had his job. The second year we, you know, still had some money from the severance package, you know, like we slowly sort of weaned off of like the, the corporate su support, the, money. The support money mm -hmm. that was there. And then we're happy to say that, you know, the third year, instead of taking all of the money, we said, okay, well for us, our family time is important. So instead of taking the money, we, okay, we're going to hire more employees now to f help us at the front desk. We were at the front desk. It was Sebastian and I that were at the front desk right. and, and doing everything. And now we're happy to say that, you know, we're approaching year five. We have staff that works at the front desk that helps us with, you know, all of the customer service and the, uh, the marketing that goes behind. We have three employees that help us, but you know, it's not like you're, you're, you're milking, you know, the business right away and, and profiting. You have to invest back right. in people and, and you have to do that, you know, carefully and, uh, and, and one thing that I feel you've done very well 
is that you have created community. Mm. Now, it's funny, before, whenever somebody comes on as a guest, I send out a template, just mm-hmm. so everybody who is listening knows. As you're listening, you know that I send out a template, so I get like a little bit more info, just in case what I feel I want to talk about, the person may be like completely left and they want to mm. talk about completely different topics. So one of the things I wrote down, so what I do is I write down a few things before I read that paper. Mm-hmm. And it says right here, community, cornerstone of your center. Mm-hmm. And then on your paper, you put down community is really important to yeah. you. And so I had to bring that up because that's something I felt as a member. And yeah. you're not you're not just here because, you know, hey, I go to your yoga studio. <laughs> you're here because of, of what I see you accomplishing and how I see and feel your energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that because that's how the stars align yeah. for me to walk in that day. And you'd be like, I don't know who you are. Just go in class. We'll talk after. <laughs> and for a second, I was like, who? the hell but then i was like well i can dig i can dig it because it didn't matter it didn't matter just go in the class enjoy yourself and come talk to me after and i don't even know if you recognize that was the impact but i was like i I like this approach (laughs) maybe it wouldn't be for everybody right but you developed community day one with me Mm -hmm. where you're like okay come on in and then one of your yoga teachers was like hey how are you doing right away they're like you're new what's your name they learned my name the moment I walked in. Mm-hmm. And I was just like going to another studio for like four years and I still don't know the front desk lady's name. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I'm going there for four times a day, uh, a week, excuse me. Mm-hmm. There's something unique you've created and that's something that you and your husband have created. Yeah. And I, I find that you can't learn that in business school. That's no. who you are as a person. I guess so. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a very, very strong thing. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to something. So you and your husband mindfully made the decision to have another child mm-hmm. after... Yes. Your eldest was in remission. Yeah. How did that thought process go down? Because I personally, I, when I learned that, I was like, I don't know if I'd be brave enough because my fear monitor would just go sky high. Like, what if it happened to another kid? What do I do then? And I'm so proud of you for saying, no, I w- let's do this. Well, it was something I remember very clearly uh, in the car. We're driving uh, to Wildwood for vacation and we have this conversation. Should we have another kid? This is before Luca got sick. Look, we're already uh, look, we've got two healthy kids. Why would we why would we why would we mess with some with a good thing? Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Right. So nothing is um, nothing. Everything is impermanent. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would say that. Hmm. The biggest fear after Luca was sick was that it would come back again. Right. So I would say that part of that was, it's sad to say, but I always, I, I, I had in my mind that if anything ever happened again, I don't want my second kid to be by himself. I see. Right. Very smart. So, um, but Luca's doing fantastic right. and it's been eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that, that gut feeling of, of wanting to have a third kid, um, like there was no nothing holding us back anymore. We were just going for it, like the business, having a having another child, and just trying to live life, you know. And that's what I feel from you. That life is a very, very present. Mm-hmm. So let's change things up for a moment and yeah. talk a little bit, like rapid fire. So I'm gonna say oh a couple God. of words, and oh you're Lord. gonna tell me the first. Oh no, it's super fun. Okay. <laughs> um, first, health. Health. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Body and mind. Soul. W- wellness. Um. My gosh, wellness. It's again, it's body, mind, soul connection. It's it's like a three part thing. Community as well. Because I'm asking these questions because they sound the same, but they when you pare them down a bit, they're not. Mm-hmm. So you see you get more from it. Next, spirituality. Spirituality. Spirituality is She said that like a yogi. Spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> 
your spirituality to me is is kind of like understanding that there is, or if you believe that there is something higher than you, something that there is something higher than you that you can kind of tap into um, to help you, mm-hmm. you know, to help you uh, sort out your thoughts, to help you, uh, you know, to have a deeper sort of connection, to understand that there's something greater than you that, you know, when you, you sometimes we get into this uh, egotistical sort of uh, mentality where, you know, everything revolves around, you know, you, you, you. But um, if you understand that you're like this one drop in the ocean, that we're like one dot in the universe, mm-hmm. that... Um, you have a different perspective on things that we're all connected. So if, if, you know, don't just think about yourself, the way to to help yourself is to help other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what spirituality to me is like, not just about you. Is there a book that you refer back to? Is there like a a book (laughs) that you need to have around you? So I'm a yogi, right? There's, um, they're called the Yoga Sutras. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, it's talking about um, the eight limbs of yoga. And when we talk about the eight limbs of yoga, it talks about um, you know how you treat yourself, how you treat others, how your physical practice is important, how it's important to breathe and to meditate, and, and how all of this process helps you in terms of uh, you know focus and concentration and, and allowing you to sort of uplift yourself. Mm -hmm. So on every show, I have show notes. And so we'll be able to have a link to that book. So people can like go check it out. And I hope you do. So you can also like put, you know, feedback and comments and read it for yourself. Like all of those philosophies to me, like you, you're funny because you say like, oh, you're like, um, no nonsense, like yogi, right? Well, it's it's duality, right? (laughs) Duality, right? And, And the fact is, is that I believe that all of those the, the philosophies of yoga, it doesn't mean that you, and I tell people this all the time, I believe in taking yoga off the mat. It means that you don't have to be in like Padmasana or in a lotus position sitting on a yoga mat to have the uh, philosophy of yoga, of being good to yourself, being good to others and and, and being mindful in, in your everyday. Mm-hmm. And so many, you know, at different points in your life, you're going to be more on the mat. And at different points in your life when you're, you know, when I say I was doing yoga at the hospital, it doesn't mean that I was on a mat every single day, like doing the splits. Right. It means that I was taking time to like just try to yourself. center myself and to breathe and to recognize that there's something higher than myself that, you know, I could tap into. We're going to circle back to breath in a moment, mm-hmm. but are you currently reading anything? Uh, am I currently? Re- yes, I'm reading The Universe Has Got Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Once again, it's going to be on the show notes. <laughs> I would like to know, do you have a routine that's almost ritualistic that you go by daily? Uh, a routine? Uh, <laughs> I go to the yoga studio and I, I um, no, what do I do? Um, a routine. Every single day. Before I wake up, I take the time and I think about what I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I try to do that with my kids as well, like every night. Yeah. And the reason I ask this is because in talking to everybody and there are various forms of seeing and being successful. Yeah. One of the things is that people say, 
very highly successful people have rituals that they follow. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to share these things. Mm -hmm. For somebody, it might just be getting up two minutes before your kids do so you can just have that moment of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Or it can be whatever somebody else's ritual is. And so I think it's it's important because you also are showing your family and your, 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 your kids what continuity mm-hmm. looks like also mm-hmm. right you're doing something every day with them and my ritual i guess i mean it's because i i own a wellness center it's part of my every day to have like physical activity and to um help others you know mm-hmm. i think that's really important absolutely yeah. i do yeah. agree with you giving, giving back is really important to me mm-hmm. now here's my question mm. how much of this do you think is luck versus your calling oh no I really believe in a calling. Okay. I really believe in a calling. I believe, like, I believe that every single person, and this is what I try to teach my students, like, especially my yoga teacher training, um, everybody is good at something, right? And if you find a way to incorporate that in, like, there's this, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, there's this diagram of, like, what are you good at? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you, what are you good at? What do you love? what can can you also like make a living off of this and can you give back to others right the continuum Mm -hmm. and it's this like center of all of those four circles that is like your your perfect place so if people can sort of find a way to use their talents in a way that can give back to others that you can that you enjoy and that you can make a living off of well then that's your perfect place yeah. I feel like that's a really great place to end because it's <laughs> it's it's showing me that you've been able to identify your perfect place. And I see you as a very strong person of bringing people together. And I find that remarkable. And it's nice because there's no ego in it. From you met when we one day by fluke we were all chatting and I was at the studio and I don't even know how it came up, but it was very natural that I said I, I work on TV. And it was it was on from there. From now on, she's been my PR person. Every time <laughs> I'm in the studio, she's like, do you know what she does? She works on TV. Do you know what she does? She works. She'll go and get pictures and she'll show people. <laughs> and I mean, I'm in yoga sweats and I'm not at my best. And it's such a beautiful thing because it has nothing to do with that. Right? Did you like what I said the other day? I'm like, she doesn't always look like that. Yeah. You should see this. <laughs> it was really like, oh, my God, it was horrible, but awesome at the same time. It was really funny. She's like, look, where's the one of you really glammed up? Where is it? And she went looking. And I was just like, oh, my God. But what was nice about it is that I feel like I have a walking PR person and in terms of support. And the funny thing is in this, and this is why I give the roses to the person while they're in my face. I don't do it when they're not there. Right. What's interesting is there might be people that I've known for 20 years that will just be like, that's what she does. Like they're accustomed to it. But I don't feel like you'll ever let an opportunity pass for somebody not to know how you can connect and be connected oh. and say, hey, this person can do X, this person can do Y. And one, as a female, I want to talk about that. And two, as an entrepreneur. And the third piece in that is there's no ego when you do it. No. So that's the grounded yoginess that I'm talking about. I think that what's also important for me is, um, I don't know, am I running out of time? Well, we're going to wrap soon. You're going to wrap I'm, soon. I'm good with you, good. <laughs> but um, just to be open, you know, mm-hmm. to open to new relationships, open and, and just to make those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never know who will be able to help you mm-hmm. uh, in whatever journey it is that you're trying to go on. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. as a female entrepreneur now, I really want to zone in on this. What are some of the biggest learnings you've had or 
trials that you've had to overgo. Those are two oh. different things, right? No. Overcome, not overgo, overgo overcome. Okay. <laughs> the biggest thing I think I've had to overcome is dealing with my emotions. Um, dealing with, uh, you know, there's always going to be times when you're nervous, when you're anxious. Um, I'm like a walking, like, you know, poster child for like breath and meditation because, you know, the first... The things that gave me anxiety when I first started was like the jerk landlord, um, you know, being undermined by people, people. uh, The first time I had to, you know, fire someone, Mm -hmm. you know, it's difficult. These are all like conflict for me. I I don't really like it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you have to you grow a thicker skin over time that, you know, sometimes you open up a business and, and Um, there's jealousy. There's all of these things that maybe it's because I know my husband, he's like more poker face and he doesn't let, you know, emotions uh, sway him as much. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, because I'm, that's just my personality or if it's because of the traits of a woman, but I I had to, I struggled with that. Mm -hmm. I struggled with that. I struggled with um, not being so emotional, not taking things so personally. Those were things that I, I really have to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm much better now. Good. But that was really, really difficult. You know what I like about the honesty of what we're sharing is that it's never finished. There's always something else to work on. There's and always, there's always yeah. something to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. I can admit right now to you and anybody listening that I had a panic attack for the first time about two years ago. And I, I had never had one. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool as a cucumber my entire yeah. life. Like I work well under stress and I yeah. can handle things where your body changes and your abilities change and what you can handle changes or mm-hmm. you get frayed, right? Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was coming undone yeah. and I physically couldn't catch my breath and yeah. I thought I was dying. Yeah. I couldn't speak. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew that I was spinning. I was yeah. spinning and I could just hear echoes and I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I was working in an environment that had ch- like chiseled away at me so much that somebody not saying hi to me meant I thought I was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Like it was so tough. It had it had broken me so much mm-hmm. that somebody being nice, I felt was going to enter me into a realm of negativity and somebody being negative, I became much more accustomed to because mm-hmm. that's what the environment provided. Yeah. And not having my breath. Mm-hmm. I also learned I didn't have my voice because I feel like I'm somebody who can advocate, but I, I had no words. I physically was having a panic attack and I didn't know what to do. And then right there and then I said, why did you stop yoga? That was that was my moment when I said, you've let your, I don't know, career or other things sidetrack you that you've lost sight of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's why I needed to go back to yoga. I needed to go back to breathing. I needed to go back to meditating. Mm-hmm. And what's comforting in hearing is that even though you're, you know, a yogi, you've been <sighs> practicing for years, yeah. it's comfort in knowing that even you have to continue to oh practice. Oh my God, of course. You know, I think people need to know that, that we yeah. still have to practice daily. Yeah, just because you, no, it's it's an ongoing thing. And just because I own a yoga studio doesn't mean that I don't get, you know, worried or nervous about certain things. But what I can say is that, over time, I uh, I know how to <laughs> I know how to use my breath um, to try to not react as fast. So, what are some tricks we can tell listeners right now to do? Just take time, like 
when you feel something, like when someone says something to you that, you know, it's, it's you the wrong way, when you're in traffic, when, when uh, you feel like you're going to like blow up at someone, you know, when there's this emotion, you just breathe, <laughs> you just breathe and your breath creates like a barrier, a filter. You know, you, you take the time to realize that, okay, well, this is an emotion. Like mm -hmm. I'm mad right now. I am, I'm like, you know, I'm mad, I'm upset, but that's not you, mm -hmm. right? It's like something that's going to pass. So you have to just learn how to, to, to breathe, you know, and just, you know, what you say to a little kid, like five deep breaths, learn how to do that and just let it subside a little bit. And I want to add to that if you let me, that a lot of the times we think, we being man, woman, everybody, we mm -hmm. think we're too busy to put time to meditate or to time mm -hmm. out or whatever. But the five breaths can happen while you're driving, can yes. happen while you're walking, can happen while you're at your desk. It can even happen in the middle of a conversation. Yes. I've done that. <laughs> I took a little check out. I said, you know what? We're going to say some things yeah. we can't get back to. So yes. I'm just going to breathe this one out. Well, and then we say five deep breaths because that's something easy. But yes, if somebody can start to have a meditation practice or just, you know, learn how to sit quietly because it's difficult. Meditation it is. is very difficult for people. We, you know, being a yoga teacher, it's so easy to see the person who's uncomfortable with their silence, uncomfortable with their thoughts. It's the person in the beginning of class who is like just scratching and, and twitching and, and looking around and opening up their eyes. It's the person at the end in the final relaxation pose uh, that, you know, is so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable because when you actually have to try to meditate and sit still, all you hear are the thoughts inside of your head. And some people are not happy with the thoughts that are inside of their head. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to shut it off and they're not comfortable with their self, themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it is a practice. It's just as much of a practice as the, you know, getting strong physically. Um, it's a practice of like just subsiding, letting everything subside and to let things go a little bit. And like everything in life, if you did it every day for five minutes, yeah. over time with the five would come six and it will yes. climb up and yes. then it becomes a lot more easy. Yes. The first time I meditated, I said to not think of anything. All I was thinking was thinking. I'm not thinking. I'm, right. I'm thinking of something. I'm and thinking then the, 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 the thing was just say thinking and then you're supposed to kind of let it go. Yeah. But it got to the point where I eventually I could walk into the yeah. room and take off my socks and everything was gone. Yeah. So it's a testament to just like anything else. If you yeah. practice it, you can. I mean, and there's all those different techniques like mm -hmm. uh, breath work to help you. And, uh, you know, there's many different uh, ways that you can uh, learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely a practice. It is. And there's two more things I want to circle mm -hmm. to. One is you've recently expanded. Yes. And how did you know it was time to to look at your clientele, the community you've, you, you've developed and said, okay, we need more or we can expand to provide more. How yes. did that happen? Well, um, I don't know if I, how can I say this in a nice way? Um, over the past, like we had, we had some difficulties in the building that we are in. Okay. So we were running out of space, number one, but, um, if I want to grow my clientele, I, there were just very practical things. Like, you know, we do fitness and yoga classes and then we do therapies. And, you know, as you can see in our place, we have, there's not enough sound barriers. So someone would want to book a massage and there's like a gazillion people in the, in the lobby 
our little lobby making so much noise. Um, we have no showers at our place, so it wasn't allowing people to, you know, go to come to go to work afterwards or come to early morning classes because they have nowhere to like fix themselves up and get ready. So there are some very practical things. Mm-hmm. Um, the new space that we're going to is in a much higher traffic location. Um, you know, it's going to expose us to, uh, you know, just a greater clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was all of those different things, yeah. And was it you just saying you needed to expand or you listened to the opportunities around you? Oh, no. How did that happen? We have been looking, Sebastian and I have been looking for a new place for the past like three years. Okay. And we let our uh, in our initial lease of five years go to the end. Okay. And so we've actually been, it's so funny because some people are like, you know, the, 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 the space right beside us is available. Why don't you just go over there? So we're like, no, no. We got it. We got it. Right. You don't want to tell everybody why all the time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it sounds like Sebastian's like a phenomenal person. (laughs) He's got your back and you guys have a really strong unit. Was that the same with your family? Like, did everybody support that you were walking away from corporate? Are you kidding me? No. Sebastian's, Sebastian comes from a very uh, traditional Italian uh, Italian family, and I remember them saying, "What? You're leaving a, a job now? Your your pension? What are you gonna right. do?" And and his mother once said, "You know, if it doesn't work out, you can uh, you can sleep with us. You can come to our house." That's so you sweet. Know? <laughs> so they are very they were very conservative. So for them to see us leave our very secure jobs, uh, they were very worried about mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. They were very worried about us my mother and father on the other hand my mom's like oh you can do it yeah go 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 but uh, Sebastian's family was a little bit more or a lot more conservative mm-hmm. um yeah so no we did not have it's not like they were they were just worried about us it wasn't that they were against it they yeah, were they, just yeah it right. wasn't that they were against it like they're lovely people it's just that they were they were worried they they thought it was a very big ri- they were more risk averse than us for and sure. And now that it's been five years and, and there's an expansion on the horizon, oh, no. I think they see that uh, they're they're happy for us and they see that we're not uh, we're, we're not going to their house for food every day. So <laughs> so you've made it. Yeah, <laughs> you've made it. How exactly. do you define success? Oh my gosh, success for me is just you know doing what you love, doing what you love, being able to definitely being able to do what you love, being able to support um, you know the passions and, and to be able to spend the time with the people that you, you want to spend time mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. That's really important. And to be able to, um, to live comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm super happy you came today. Thank you. And I, uh, before we wrap, I really want to say that I'm proud of you taking your grounded yoginess <laughs> with your business acumen and you've been able to soar with that. It's not an easy thing to be an entrepreneur and it's not it's equally not an easy thing to kind of figure it out on your own as you go along. Mm -hmm. But from what from my viewpoint, you're figuring you're figuring it out just right. So um, continued success with that. 
I got the chance to learn so much today from Roselle and her family, how they view community and connectivity, but also health and wellness and sometimes going against the grain and walking away from a secure job but starting and starting something that you love really does work out. And I feel it's really sometimes the wake-up calls that we need to learn and hear about that send us those little signals inside too that we too can make things happen. Tell me what you think. You can always feel free to subscribe if you haven't already and also drop us some comments in the show notes. And you can learn more about Roselle on our show notes. It's abouttimepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. It's About Time is brought to you by the What a Time to Be Online Network.